Well, good morning, church. It's so good to be with you again this morning. Uh, you know, I want to talk to you this morning about habits. Sometimes, great habits reap great results. Great habits oftentimes can, uh, can lead us to, to a place where we have incredible results. When, when I was marathoning regularly, I was in a habit of running five to six times a week. I was on a regimen. There was a routine. And, and I actually began to crave running. I wanted to be there. I wanted to do better. I wanted to in, increase my, uh, my speed and, and improve my time. And so as, as I got better and better and better, I realized that I had a habit of running. And this habit of running, when I would get to race day, it actually had great results. My habit brought about tremendous results. This morning, I want to encourage you to forge holy habits. I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you uh, to take some patterns of living in your life and I want you to, to turn those habits in the direction of living toward Jesus. I want you to create environments in your life uh, around the habits that you have, around the, the things that you do regularly, around the routines that you, you possess, and create environments uh, so that you will continue to pursue God. Now, there's a person in the Bible that knows everything, uh, well, maybe not everything, but he, he knows an awful lot about habits. He knows an awful lot about uh, creating environments of forging holy habits. And in fact, he, he writes to his protege, he wrote, writes to a pupil of his in regards to forging holy habits of living toward God. He writes him uh, in an ancient email, uh, and, he, and he looks to him and he says, I want you to live for God by developing habits, by training yourself to be godly. I want you to develop what it's like uh, to, to give yourself a routine in life that, that continues you in a pursuit for God. Now, let's just say that, that Paul is the coach and Timothy is his player. And Timothy's going through a really hard time. It's a stressful time in his life. There's lots going on. There's lots of pressure on him in his particular ministry. And Paul comes in as the coach, as the mentor, and he says, Timothy, I want you to know that a great, the greatest defense is a great offense. He says, I want you to take all of the stresses, all the pressure that you feel right now, and I want you to remember this. I want you to develop a habit of godliness, of living for God, of developing yourself and your routines for God and for godliness, of practicing what it is that you preach. I want you to go out and I want you to remain true to what you know is God's truth. And I want you not only to, to take that and understand it for yourself, but I want you to tell everybody that you know about what is true. I want you to take the hope that you have in Jesus, and I want you to gear up, and I want you to forge a holy habit that's living for God. 
And so in the midst of all of that this morning, uh, you and I are going to, to pay witness to, uh, to Paul's words to Timothy, and we're going to be challenged uh, to forge our own holy habits toward godliness. Uh, you and I this morning, well, we're going to figure out what it is that this habit is all about and what it takes to develop holy habits lived towards God. So if you're interested in developing these holy habits, of knowing, knowing what it is and, and what it takes, then I want you to open up your Bibles with me to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy... Uh, we're going to begin in chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. If you get to 2 Thessalonians, you've gone too far. 1 Timothy is in the New Testament. That's in the back end of your Bible. So if you flip through several pages and you get to 1 Timothy, I'm going to begin in chapter 3. If we're to understand habits as Paul would define them, if we're to understand the development of, of what it looks like to, to develop a routine around life, a pattern, an environment where we begin to live toward God, uh, then we have to understand that, that Jesus acts as the central uh, hub for all, all of our habits. If we're to develop this holy habit, if we're to develop these, these good habits and routines and patterns and environment to live for God, uh, then we have to understand that Jesus acts as the central figure of all of that. In fact, the people in Ephesus where Timothy happens to be needed reminded regularly uh, that Jesus was the root of all of the habits that they would have. That godliness begins and ends with Jesus. That He's the central figure. And they would sing in hymns. They would sing uh, like we sing our praises to God. They would sing hymns to God. So that you can see that Jesus is the central figure of our, of our godly habits. Look with me in chapter 3 and verse 16. It says this, Beyond all question, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, and was taken up in glory. And they would sing this. It was part of a hymn that said Jesus is the central figure. And Paul here is writing in an ancient email to his protege, to his pupil, to his player, Timothy. And he's saying, Timothy, I don't want you to forget that if you're to develop this godliness, you have to remember what godliness really is all about. It's about Jesus. Notice all the things that he has, has done for you. I want you to know who he is and all that he has done. And as we get into this series talking about holy habits, as we encourage you to forge habits that are lived toward God, of, of setting up a pathway and stair steps so that you can grow in intimacy with God, so that you can pursue Him well, I want you to understand that even if you develop great habits, Jesus has to be central to the habits that you create. Habits... Habits that we create, these habits that we are encouraged to, to pursue godliness, 
The habits themselves don't change us. That's Jesus' job. Uh, The habits are not mechanistic. It's not like uh, we just stick in uh, on one end of a machine, stick it in on one end of the habit, and out pumps uh, a glorified, godly life on the other end. No, it doesn't work that way. You see, uh, habits are pathways. it's, It's as if... Uh, Jesus is is using the habit. It's the means uh, so that we might create an environment uh, so that we can continue to take steps toward living for God. It's a pathway. It's like Jesus is is allowing us to take stones and, and putting them in a pathway so that we can reach Him. We can never look at our holy habits of trying to pursue God as the end in and of themselves. Jesus is the one that's going to transform and change us. I know that farmers understand this really well. It's planting season, and one of the things that they know is that they can do lots of things, but it's God's, uh, that once they put that seed into the ground, it's God's job to actually make something grow. Uh, They can prepare all the soil. Uh, They can take out the weeds. They can spray fertilizer. Uh, They can make sure to cultivate the soil. They can do everything. Uh, They can create a pathway for that seed to be able to grow. But they can't make the seed grow. That's God's job. Uh, You can do everything toward godliness. Uh, You can establish these good habits and routines that allow you to live for God. Uh, But you have to remember uh, that Jesus has to occupy the center space because He's the one that's going to transform your inner life. He's the one that's going to transform your inner spiritual righteousness to something that is godly because that's His job. And if you're on board uh, with forging holy habits uh, of taking uh, what God has given you and putting it together into a pathway that will see your life transformed inwardly, well then you need to know that it's going to take some training. It's going to take you developing a habit with the Lord. Look with me in chapter 4 and verse 7. Paul writes to Timothy, he says, "...have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tale. Rather, he says, train yourself to be godly. Train. Uh, Continue to grow in a pattern of life that leads you uh, to be able to grow in a holy habit toward God and godliness." He says, you got to train. It creates work for you. You see, sometimes we get caught up in thinking that, that we'll just show up one day and be godly. Well, uh, let me tell you, you don't run a marathon uh, in a day. You don't train for a marathon in a day. And you don't grow in a holy habit. You can't. In a simple weekend. Uh, Habits, by their very nature, are things that take intentionality and they take your time. Uh, The question is, will you do it? Will you engage in the process of 
of being a person who wants to engage with God in a regular routine of a holy habit. Will you do it? You see, habits, by their very nature, are things that, where we recognize that there's a craving that we have. And this craving that we have, uh, we, we are craving the idea of, of a reward at the end. We, we do something regularly in a routine, and it's driven by this craving that we want some reward. And, and the craving just drives us again and again uh, to engage in the same activity over and over again. And it is sharpened by a craving that we have because we desire a reward. In chapter 4 and verse 10, Paul is going to use a couple of words. He's going to use a couple of words that actually begin to talk to us about uh, how hard it is, how much we need to give full effort. We need to go all in when we're, we're developing holy habits. Look at verse 10. He says, this is why we labor and strive. He's talking about our striving after godliness, this thing that we're supposed to train for. This is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. Labor and strive, they're athletic terms, actually, uh, that are really talking about an athlete who is giving every last ounce that they have uh, to make sure that they cross the finish line. They are giving everything that they possibly can in order to cross the finish. And Paul is saying, hey, if you want to develop these holy habits, if you want to forge something that allows you to live for God, to be developed in who God has made you to be in pursuing Him, he says you're going to have to give all of it. You're going to have to give your full effort. You're going to have to go all in. I mean, let's think about a musician for a moment. Now, think about a musician that's learning to play guitar for the first time. I tried this once. If you want to learn to play guitar, you're going to have to callous your fingers. It's actually quite painful. But there's something that continues to drive, even though there's pain involved, even though uh, you have to almost develop these calluses on the end of your finger and, and kind of cut off the nerve endings so that you can no longer feel the wires cutting in into the ends of your fingertips. Even though all of that is present, there's a craving. You want to get better. And the next time you play, you're a little better than you were before. And the strumming pattern, it gets easier and you begin to play. And, and there's some a level of reward. And that craving drives you into a routine uh, that allows you to say, I want to continue to do this. And sooner or later, that craving that develops a routine that is going after this reward, it develops a habit. And you go all in. Church, I want you to go all in on holy habits. In the next several weeks, you're going to have opportunities to take pieces of the Christian life in living for God. And you're going to put those pieces together. We're going to help you, and we're going to ask that you forge holy habits and go all in for God. And our, our hope is that you're craving godliness. And that craving drives a routine in your life where you regularly pattern the living in your life uh, 
toward living for God, of living and practicing godliness. And the reward? Oh, the reward is often these things that God is doing inside of us. And we recognize that something's changing by, from God from the inside to the outside. And God is changing us. And the Bible often calls these rewards fruits. Paul talks about them again in another book that, he calls, that we call Galatians. And the fruits of the Spirit are love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control. And our desire, our craving, fuels a routine that fuels our desire to continue to pursue pathways and stepping stones where we can live for God. And the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us that pursuing these kinds of holy habits, the Bible tells us that they're valuable. That they're worthwhile. That if you and I uh, get on board with forging holy habits for godliness, uh, uh, forging habits that, that allow us to, to pursue intimacy and nearness with God, the Bible tells us, God's Word tells us that it's valuable, that it's worthwhile, that you're not going to get uh, to the end of this process and think, oh, well, uh, that was a waste of my time. No, Paul tells his protege Timothy in chapter 4 and verse 8 and 9 that this is a really worthwhile endeavor. Look at verse 8 and 9 with me. He says, For physical training is of some value, but he says godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. What is he saying? He is saying if you will get on board with forging your life and holy habits that are designed to pursue God and live for Him, if you will gather around and create an environment of pathways, of stepping stones, so that God will begin to change the internal workings of your life and there will be a spiritual righteousness that God brings about inside of you he's saying it is absolutely worth it and every area that can possibly touch your life every area will be changed every area will be transformed it is good for every single area that you could possibly imagine in your entire life it's going to touch every single area and it's going to be good. And he follows that up. He says, not only is it valuable for all things, he says, it's not just for now. It's forever. It's for the now and it's for the later. It's for the present and it's for the future. It's for what God will do in you now, but it's what God will see in you in the future for all eternity. If you are designed as you are, if you are willing to, to jump on board and allow yourself to forge a holy habit, then church, I want you to know that it's valuable for all things. And he follows that up in verse 9 by giving us a promise. He says, hey, this is a promise. This is a trustworthy saying. He's saying, you can take this to the bank. You can, you can count on it. 
You're not going to get to the end of this holy habit. You're not going to get to the end of the routine and the craving that you've had for God and go, oh man, I messed up. No, you're going to get to the end of it and recognize that God's been doing something inside of your life. And then you have found your pathway for God to do something special in you to develop a godliness in your life. Church, I want to challenge you once again to come around the table of God's holy habit and pursue godliness so that you can live your life for Him. And he says, hey, this is a promise. It's going to go well. And if you followed me this far, then I want you to know that there's a couple outcomes, there's a couple of really good results uh, that Paul begins to encourage Timothy with and he encourages us with. If, if you're on board with God kind of prodding us and moving us so that He can sharpen our internal righteousness for Him, if you're on board with stepping stones and a pathway where God can begin to change us because of the habits and the routines that our life lives so that we can live for Him, then I want you to know that there's a couple good outcomes that Paul talks about. They come at the end of chapter 4. If you look in verse 15, he says, Be diligent in these matters, these matters of godliness, of training toward godliness, of developing and forging holy habits. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone might see your progress. The first outcome that he talks about. The first result that he gives for those that are willing to forge their lives toward godliness is that other people are going to recognize that something's different about you. That there's going to be an advance in your life. There's going to be something that's happening in your life that people recognize your progress. Now, verse 15 is not about us Saying, for example, hey, look, look at me, I'm praying, I forged a holy habit with the Lord. It's not what that's about. It's not about us uh, having other people praise us because oh, we're so holy and righteous. That's not what this is about at all. No, what Paul is telling Timothy, what he's telling us is that when we forge holy habits and we live our lives toward God and we practice godliness and God's doing something on the inside of us, it's doing something and it's, and it's something that eventually, given enough time and intentionality, that other people are going to begin to notice. So let's say that you decide, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to take prayer really seriously. Over the next several months, I'm just going to make sure that I understand prayer. I'm going to talk to God regularly. I'm going to make prayer a reality in my life. I'm going to pray regularly. I'm not going to make it a mechanistic sort of thing. I'm just going to pray and see what God does with it. And perhaps it is that your family and your friends as you have begun to pray, you have begun to learn that you're listening for God's voice and not just hearing your own. And you actually begin to hear God's voice. You begin to have clarity and discernment that other people don't have. 
And God begins to do something internally in you that transforms you. And they go, something's different. What they're saying is, you've made progress. As a coach, I see players progress. Uh, very recently, I have a player I've coached for a couple of years. Her name is Lainey, and she's always worked hard. She's always worked hard in practice. But recently, I've noticed something different about her. She's not just working hard in practice. She's hard working hard outside of practice. And as she begins to develop her skills and she becomes a little more technical at what she's doing with her feet in the soccer game and on the practice field, I actually notice she's progressing. She's progressing over the rest of her teammates who at times, although they might work hard in practice, are not working hard outside of practice. And so when the opportunity came and another coach was asking me, hey, uh, how are things going with your team? You know what I said? Oh, you know... Uh, Lainey's doing a really great job. She's progressing. Why? Because she's placed her routine in a craving to get better. She's looking for a reward. Uh, and she's allowing this habit to be formed in her soccer playing life toward progression. Church, you have the opportunity to forge holy habits. Habits that we'll talk about over the next several weeks that will see you progress in your lifestyle of living toward Jesus. The first outcome is progress for you. Interestingly enough, this, the second outcome, the second result that, that Paul begins to talk to Timothy about in, in his progression of forging holy habits toward godliness, uh, he says the second outcome, the second result that you need to know about is not progress for yourself, but progress for others. Uh, look at verse 16. It's the last verse in chapter 4. He says, watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Persevere in these things. Persevere in, in this holy habit that you formed in godliness that you might live toward God. Uh, part of it is so that you will progress, that you will get better. But part of it is so that other people who are watching you, that they'll get better and they'll progress. Church, Paul knows just like you and I do that I can't save anybody. You can't save anybody. Paul knows that. But as a person who understands the salvation that is given only by Jesus... He's saying when you live a life of godliness, when you forge a holy habit that looks to pursue God and be near Him and to be intimate with Him and to build pathways and stepping stones so that God can do something special in your life, other people uh, may come to recognize that and, and they may just decide that Jesus is worth following too and that He will save them as well. Church, you have an opportunity 
to forge a holy habit whose outcome is not just for you, but for others. Church, I want you to know that as we talk about holy habits, that you're going to need to sign on. That you're going to need to be intentional. That you're going to need to take time to practice. But I also want you to know that holy habits are for everybody. They're for every single person that's ever lived. Holy habits aren't just for preachers. Uh, They're not just for, for leaders in churches. No, 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 no. Holy habits of godliness, they're for everybody. They're for the male man and the male woman. Uh, they're, they're for the person that does laundry and does the dishes. They're for the person that, that is mowing lawns and, and caring for people in hospitals. It's for the farmer. It's for the butcher. It, it's for the mechanic. It's for the truck driver. It's for the medical personnel. It's for the data entry person. Uh, Holy Habits Church are for everyone. And that includes you. So as I go today, I want to leave you with these two things. Number one, you can do this. You can forge holy habits. I want you to say to whomever you're sitting next to right now, I can. Because you can. You can do this. You can forge for yourself holy habits. And number two, I'm going to do it. I want you to leave this sermon and I want you to say, I can and I will. I am going to do this. I want you to say not only I can to the person sitting next to you, I want you to say I will. Church, forge holy habits. Forge the habit that will help your life live toward God. Let's pray. God, we love You and we thank You so much for Your goodness. Lord, I pray that You will conjure up in us a craving that will drive a routine toward the rewards that You will give inwardly. And Lord, I pray that as You change us inwardly, those good gifts, those fruits, those rewards would be evident in our life externally and outwardly as well. Lord, may we place down these stepping stones and may we make routines and habits that give You the very best environment for us to be changed. We love You, Lord. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.